Hold on tight. This is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday hour two of the program. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure as per always. It's Dale Campbell here with you. Whether you're listening to us live or on your hard drive now, let's just jump straight back into the program here with no mucking around. Now, we did end hour one quite abruptly, and I do apologize for that, but we do have quite a lot to get to, so we didn't we didn't want to make hour one go forever and have hour two be shorter too, by the way, that's also another reason. But also uh wanted to have time to uh, crank out an idea that was posed in the last video that was occurred on uh, the previous conversation. So if you missed the last little bit of hour one of the program, uh, we'll play, replay this video for you so we can have this greater conversation. Uh, it's it's about a, a coffee owner telling us uh, about uh, his costs of making a coffee. To make and why one he flat I mean, we start with our grinders, which were very special equipment. They cost, they retail for about $3,000. We have two of those. Um, because if you have a, uh, if you don't have a good grinder, you don't have the even particles in your coffee. And then when you extract, they all extract to different levels. So in doing that, we have an expensive machine that costs around fifteen thousand um, dollars. So right there, you're looking at twenty thousand dollars before you've even gone and bought any beans to put in it. So then once you once you start working with that, the milk costs almost our milk costs dollar sixty a litre. Uh, coffee costs about close to thirty dollars a kilo. So a single cup of coffee, while it may only cost you like $1.70 or so in immediate cost, then you've got staff costs, you've got rent, you've got electricity, you've got insurance, um, you've got front of house, and all these costs just, you know, it adds up, it's not free. You could make a cup for $3 and make turn some sort of profit, but you're using very average milk, you'd be using low quality beans. Um, I can't imagine that your cups would be environmentally friendly, you'd be using cheap cups. And I mean, while I could make a cup for $3, I only make things that I want to drink, I only sell things that I want to eat. So I couldn't come in here and smile every day if I knew I was selling a subpar product, even if it was cheaper than next door. People need to pay $3 for a cup of coffee, that's fine, but I, as an owner, I don't, I don't want to make it. So that actually, that's part of a conversation that I thought I'd bring to the second hour of the program so we could have more time to flesh that out. Now, that all spurred from a, an article uh, saying that your morning coffee will cost you 150, 700 million hours on your mortgage. 154 minutes. <laughs> I didn't even, didn't even remember that. Uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, there, that's... That's fine, and then there was this video that had a a, a a conversation on it that, you know, here's how much a cup of coffee costs. So it was basically the opposite of, the, the, the video included in the article was kind of the opposite of what, uh, what the, the article was saying. So a coffee costs that much uh, because of those certain things, people are buying it at more expensive levels, which is adding more minutes to their mortgage, which, whatever. Again, like I said last hour, it's in the budgeting, but I just want to dissect the idea of the the, the, the concept of 
you wouldn't sell something you wouldn't buy. And I, I hold that theory quite a lot. I, I wouldn't make something that I wouldn't partake in myself. And I think having that opinion is either uh, both a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, there, there, is, there is definitely a segment in the last, last hour that I would like to have vamped up and made more interesting, but I, me personally made it interesting that that's, that is, that, that, that's something I would have interested in and would listen to, but I don't know if that's something that other people would, would find interesting or listen to. So that's the, that's also the find, the find balance and coffee. I'm not saying coffee's the same as podcasting. Well, I kind of am, aren't I? <laughs> coffee and podcasting. They're the same thing. Both are available in vanilla. Uh, no, <laughs> Coffee and podcasting now available. Hot and delicious. Podcasting and coffee, hot and delicious. But <laughs> they're kind of acquired taste, and there's so many different types of coffee, and there's so many different types of podcasts. It's all about personal taste and how that personal taste kind of translates uh, to you. And well, the point of this show is to to appeal to. A whole different range of audience. Yes, it has that Australian focus, but that's just my biases, I suppose. But that that's appealing to to some people, I guess. And this show is also hot and delicious. Just FYI, <laughs> it, you might not see it yet, but it, it it'll 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 get there. Yeah, and yes, I just compared. I'm just on the internet just now. I'm calling it at at ten at ten seventeen p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. At 8, 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time in the U.S. on Sunday, the 29th of October, 2017, Dale compares podcasting to coffee. I can now retire. Okay. Who wants to talk about another election? Alright, so, I was talking about this last hour. Uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk calls an election... For the 25th of November, it is a snap election, which means the campaign is less than four weeks long. It is precisely 28 days long. We have important information for you to hear in just a second. Uh, An anti-coal miner protester invades the stage when the the Premier uh, announces that. We've got the opposition leader, and then we've got what Queenslanders want from this election. But I also want to bring forward a point that I mentioned last hour on the program was the the fact that it's such... I'm I'm still not convinced which is better, a, a short election that lasts less than four weeks or an election that is long prolonged over a longer period of time. That sentence didn't make sense. Uh, uh, Say an election campaign that lasts a year or so, whereas the the news can be slow-dripped and and spoon-fed to you at a snail's pace. Uh, I'm not too sure which one's better, but that's the question, which is better. And also... Another thing to take into consideration in this election is the raise of third parties and outsiders, which was a common trend in uh, 2016 and 2017 as well. Uh, But here is uh, the Premier of Queensland announcing the November 25th election. I'm calling this election to give business, 
and industry in our great state the certainty they need as we approach 2018. And together, we have secured the lowest unemployment rate in four years. That is Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk there announcing the November 25th uh, election. That's just an excerpt of the, the, the speech. Now, well done. That is a smart move, turning that around like that and having the audience uh, turn around like that. I really do need to smile when I'm not talking. I just realised that. Anyway, so uh, here is opposition uh, to Palaszczuk, Tim uh, Nichols saying that Queensland is a crying out for leadership. So here is his response to the announcement. Queenslanders aren't getting ahead and the community is crying out for leadership. And that's only the LNP will be able to deliver that leadership. This Labor government is stuck. It's stuck doing nothing and every Queenslander is paying the price be it the 30,000 jobs that have been lost or the record high youth unemployment, whether it's the 70% increase in wholesale electricity prices under Labor, or if it's the $3 billion that's been cut from our state's infrastructure budget, or whether it's the ever-increasing personal and financial cost of Anastasia Palaszczuk's softly, softly approach to law and order here, doing nothing is, is clearly not working for Queensland. That is the response to the announcement of the election being called for November 25th. Again, less than a month. So here's, here's the thing. Let's, let's break down what regular Queenslanders want from this election. Now, spoiler alert. These may or may not be the same thing as they were back in 2016 for the federal election. Just saying. So, George Archie from Ipswich, which is a suburb near Brisbane, works in parks and gardens, and he says it was needed for homelessness and disadvantaged people. Quote, I see a lot more of people in Ipswich on the dole, which is the basically unemployment system here in Australia, Mr. Archie said. That is very, very... Very important uh, as as well because you know uh, homelessness. I recently discovered through uh, through the working of the campaign last time that it definitely is a state issue, not a federal issue. So that's interesting. So the the state does need to do something about our homelessness crisis as well, uh, Mr. Behan from Mackay works in the resources sector and said temporary workforces are really hurting Mackay and the regions. They're going back quite there, going backwards in the resource sector. You have people working alongside each other doing the same jobs, but for temporary workers on $30,000 less. That's a shame. That's not good at all. That, that's definitely, definitely not good. That's, yeah. 
Uh, the Aldini mines as well is also a hot button issue uh, for people in the research sector. Uh, Miss Colette says, a university student from Brisbane says that her two biggest concerns leading a dual election were racism in the environment. Quote, One Nation's strong support, in brackets, it would be good if Labour took a stand and addressed, uh, in brackets, Pauline Hanson's Islamophobia, Miss Khalid says. So there you go. Uh, Carl Jackson, also a university student from Brisbane, says that jobs were a big concern for young people. Uh, Labour hasn't revised its public servants sacked by the Newman government, Mr. Jackson said. Mr. Jackson said that's right. There was, there was a whole bunch of public uh, employees that were laid off by the previous government that I don't think have had their jobs reinstated. But anyway, that that's also that's also another that's also another very very important point as well. Now. Expert analysis, Anthony Green, we won't play the full clip here because we don't really have uh, time to. Plus also, hour one is the very information-heavy hour, and hour two is very the summary points. But he says that the... Uh, we might actually we might be able to play a bit of it, but uh, the thing to watch is the third party in the One Nation, uh, particularly, and independent... Parties. Now, not only is there... It's still minority government. The new electoral boundaries still leave it as a finely hung parliament with all those new electoral boundaries. But then we've got full preferential voting and we've got the re-emergence of one nation in Queensland. And that complicates the analysis. It makes any attempt to... Uh, both sides of politics need to increase their vote to win the next election. But both of them have lost first preference since the one nation came back on the scene. So there's no point about talking about two-party preferred results that everyone likes to at this election. This is going to be an election where probably three quarters of the seats will be traditional two-party contests, but then you've got one nation who, was a com who will be competitive in a whole range of other seats, and how well they do, and if they take seats off either the LNP or off Labor, will determine what happens at this election. I think the key thing to remember, this is the first election for a fixed-term parliament. I expect that Labor will run very heavily on the issue of stability in government, that Labor needs to, um, that Labor will be arguing you need a firm one-party government for a fixed-term parliament and that going for a, a hung parliament with one nation holding the power balance of power is a recipe for instability that is expert analysis anthony green providing some insight into the queensland election and look it uh it is uh, uh it is uh, uh it is very you know it's very, it's very cruel, you know, that we are, that there's, there's an election and elections are always uh, good in a system like this, but I wouldn't have thought I would be covering an election this soon. <laughs> Just saying. All right, as we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. Now, Amazon, we all know Amazon, but did you know Amazon is now the size of a small country. As we continue, here on the Jack Live Show for a Sunday, it's Dale Campbell here with you. Thanks for joining us. It's 1021. <laughs> 
out of 10 fictional doctors say that you should start your day the generic live show way this is the generic live show thanks for joining us here on the generic live show for a sunday it's dale campbell here with you we're doing it for geek io that's right it's a very sexy edition of the generic live show Oop, oh and well i have just hit the wrong button well fabulous Great. Don't you love when that happens? There we go. Alright. In the meantime, Amazon... Uh, I didn't say... Yeah, Dale can be here with you. Well, there you go. Just in case I didn't, I'm going to say it again. Uh, there you go. Whatever that is. Uh, Alright, now we're back. Alright, so. Amazon. You know the great Amazon? Amazon, you know, they do... They do online delivery, I believe, is... is what Amazon do. Who who are Amazon? Actually, we don't have Amazon here, so there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that for where it is. Uh, but they've just announced that their, well, they haven't announced, but their workforce is now larger than the population of dozen small countries. On Thursday, the e-commerce retailer revealed that it's employed, get this, 541,900 people at the end of the third quarter. That's a lot. That's, that's, a, that's a chunk and change. That's bigger than uh, the populations of 63 countries and territories. Uh, that's, that's, that's a lot, including well-known ones such as Ireland, the Bahamas... And Monaco, Monaco, uh, Belize, for example, only has uh, the population of 347,369 uh, people, sorry, uh, as we can see in this chart from Strader, Stata, Statstar, type of company is that, which is based on the data from the, co the, the company itself, I'm not reading that, that's literally what it says, the, the company itself, Amazon, has been growing at a rapid rate. It added 159,000 people, excuse me, 159,500 uh, people uh, when at just three months at the end of June to the end of September. Many of those have come through the acquisition of Whole Foods, but Amazon hired tens of thousands of additional workers besides. Okay. And it's not stopping there. The internet giant, the internet giant announced plans to hire 100 uh, excuse me, 120,000 seasonal workers. These numbers are just too big for me. Uh, this holiday season, it's at bulk substance, U.S. warehouses and customer service centers and said it expects to make many of those full-time workers. Meanwhile, the company has said when it opens its second headquarters, it could add as many as 50,000 new jobs there. And this, this chart is very uh, fascinating when it comes to the growth. Uh, and it's, it, it's exponential, but I, I, you can't continue to grow 
from less than, say, whatever that is, uh, that would be less than 25k employees in 2007 to 541,900k and have that be sustainable. I don't think that that is exceptionally sustainable. But in the meantime, a press release from Amazon.com this week announced its third quarter sales up 34% to 43.7 billion with a B. Operating cash flow increased 14% to 17.1 billion for trailing 12 months compared to 15 billion for the trailing 12 months ended September 30, 2016. Free cash flow decreased 8.1 billion for the trailing 12 months in comparison to 9 billion the trailing 12 months ended September 30th. Net sales increased 34% to 43.7 billion compared to 32.7 billion in third quarter of 2016. Net sales includes 1.3 billion from wholesale food markets, which Amazon acquired on August 28th, 2017. I don't know if we talked about that on the show or not. I think that would that happened when we we're on vacation. Amazon is buying Whole Foods, everyone. Enjoy. <laughs> that is that, that's exactly what that is. So some of the highlights. Uh, we'll go through some of these because some of these are interesting and the others are uh, not so much. Amazon acquired Whole Foods Market on August 28, 2017. The two companies together will pursue the vision of making high-quality, natural, and organic food affordable for everyone. Why are there birds tweeting outside my window at 10.30 at night? I do not understand. But anyway. Upon closing, food Whole Foods Markets began offering lower prices on a selection of best-selling grocery staples in its stores with more to come. Amazon included new th- uh, three new Echo devices. Amazon introduced all new Fire TV with 4K Ultra HD dynamic range and Alexa voice remote. Amazon launched Alexa Far Field voice control on the Fire TV. It announced an all you can all anyone. Excuse me. Uh, Amazon announced that you can call anyone with Alexa, with Alexa rather, with uh, the new calling feature. The Alexa Skills Store now offers customers with more than uh, 25,000 skills. Tens of thousands of developers using Alexa voice service to integrate Alexa. Amazon and Microsoft announced that soon Alexa will be able to talk to Cortana. And Cortana will be able to talk to Alexa, so that'll be interesting. They can talk to each other. Amazon introduced Alexa and Echo are coming to India and Japan. That'll be huge. Amazon introduced multi-room music. Amazon Music is now available Uh, Now features Alexa on iOS and Android in the US and the UK, Germany and Austria. Amazon Music Unlimited and... and, uh, Excuse me. Amazon Music Unlimited launched for customers in France, Italy and Spain. Uh, Amazon introduced Amazon Key. Amazon introduced an all-new Fire HD 10. Amazon announced all-new Kindle Oasis. uh, NFL Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime Video with a total of 7.1 million views for its first four programs, which is huge, just by the way. And there's there's a lot more uh, going on here. Uh, for next year, they're expected to be uh, up to 60.5 billion uh, in the next uh, fourth quarter of 2017. The Amazon are just huge now. 
Just just saying. I don't know. I, there must be something something in the waters, but everyone's uh, everyone is is uh, everyone's loving that Amazon. Why wouldn't you? I've I've heard I've heard a lot of good things. I don't use Amazon that much myself, mainly because I don't really have that much of a use for it. I guess. They're, plus, they're not really available yet here. They're not available much. Excuse, take three. They're not available much here at the moment in Australia, so I don't really use them as much as I would. So, there you go. As we continue here on the Genetic Live Show for a Sunday, well, Shanghai Disneyland, the Disney park where everything's getting bigger. We've got lots of Disney announcements. We don't really do. Too many Disney announcements on the show, so there you go. We've got some Disney Park announcements for Shanghai Disneyland. We'll go through them all as we continue here on the Genetic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Daryl Campbell here with you. It's the Genetic Live Show. It's 10.33. Enjoying what you're hearing? Then you can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Geek.io This is The Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us on a very dramatic episode of The Generic Live Show. It's Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. Now, I actually, I'd be interested to go back or have uh, the listeners tell me of how much the birds twir- uh, like chirping in the background is because for me in the studio it's it's very off-putting and with that dramatic music it was just perfect that in that like moment the birds tweeting in the background to the dramatic music was like, like oh tweet 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 Ooh, tweet 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 see there you go uh, thanks for joining us here on the genetic live show Forest Sunday, it's Dale Campbell here with you. Now, it's Disney time. We don't do Disney time much here on the Jack Live Show. We don't talk much about Disney at all, actually, on the Jack Live Show. Huh. There you go. But Shanghai Disney, there was a bunch of, there was actually a bunch of, like, escape articles that were written about Disney this week. There was, like, four of them. So, I don't know, Disney's getting a lot of love this, this week. So, and, and why wouldn't it? Disney is amazing. I, I recommend Disney World in Florida. And A, that's the other one I've been to, and B, it is amazing. So, there, there, there's there's some very, very good reasons. So, Shanghai Disneyland, the Disney park where everything's getting bigger. Think you've been there before? Done that? Happiest place on earth? Take a peek into the future of the newest addition to the Disney family. Another, 
At another Disneyland, Minnie and Mickey Mouse, excuse me, are drawn, and the biggest draw cards for photos. They're popular in China too, but photographic favourite at Shanghai Disneyland is the Garden of the Twelve Friends. Here, punters line up to have their photo taken with Disney character Mosik Wall displays the representative represent the year that they were born according to the Chinese zodiac. Remy the Rat, Tigger the Tiger, Trumpa the Rabbit, Car the Snake, Maximus the Horse, Pluto the Dog, Ham the Pig, to name a few. There's just one example of how the franchise has stayed true to the promise of delivering a theme park that is authentically Disney, distinctly Chinese. There are many... That, these parts are really distracting. Uh, there, there are many such firsts at Shanghai Disneyland, which celebrated its one-year anniversary in June, that you, can find, uh, you won't find at any other Disney park in the world. And with that, Chinese not growing up on Disney characters, there's an educational aspect to the part you won't see elsewhere. Park guests, there were 11 million before its first birthday, are mostly Chinese, with an increasing number of foreigners uh, coming to Shanghai to visit the new Disneyland as the city becomes more hub for international travellers thanks to its 144-hour free visa for transit passengers. Huh. So if you transit through Shanghai, uh, there you go. Uh, oh, am I lagging? Ah, uh, that sucks. Damn, uh, that sucks that I'm that I'm lagging. Uh, that sucks. Anyway, uh, that's. Yeah, that that sucks. Uh, that 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 sucks. Well, I don't have the best internet connection, so apologies for that. Uh, but I do try. Uh, Main Street, US. Uh, I have a big draw. Okay, well, good for you. Uh, mean. Oh, okay. Let's 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 let's. Let's cool out, everyone. All right. Let's 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 cool out. All right. Uh, let's let's cool out. All right. Main Street USA is replaced by Mickey Avenue, which introduced visitors to Disney and its characters. Uh, this is where you have your photos with Minnie and Mickey, Donald and Disney, Pluto and Goofy, and the Enchanter Storybook Castle at the end of Mickey's Avenue is bigger and the most interactive of any Disney parks. It includes a restaurant and shops and Biddy Bodhi Boutique Salon I'm, saying, I'm definitely saying that wrong uh, and a boat ride attraction that goes under a castle called Voyage to Crystal Grotto which is interesting to me. Uh, there you go. Uh, Alright, well, my internet sucks, I'm sorry. Uh, the Seven Dwarves Mine Train sees a classic song, Hey Ho, recorded in Mandarin, and the Walt Disney Grand Theme in Disney Town hosts the first Mandarin production of Broadway's stage musical, The Lion King. There are six distinct areas, or lands, at Shanghai's Disneyland. 
In other parks internationally, you'll see Adventureland, Frontierland, Critter County, and Mickey's Toontown. Here, here, there's Mickey Avenue, Gardens of Imagination, where you'll find the Chinese Zodiacs, Fantasyland, Adventure, Adventure Isle, excuse me, Tomorrowland, and Treasure Cove. Uh, they, uh, you know, you know, that's, everyone needs to cool out, please. You know, let's, 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 let's not do that. Uh, how do I, oh, uh, you know, uh, okay. let's, you know what, if you don't like the show, you don't have to be here. I'm just putting that out there, you know, that's, that is what it is, an M-beam, Thank you, thank you for staying here, but I can't, you know, I can't do that because I'll need, I need other permissions. So, there you go. Ah, uh, there you go. Alright. Have fun. So, uh, alright, where was I? Where was I in all of this? Uh, the park is also expanding uh, quickly to the, with the seventh area of Toy Story Land well into its construction and set open to next year. Uh, there you go. Uh, the park is ex uh, expanding to the seventh area, excuse me, Toy Story Land, uh, well into its construction and is open next year, which that's, that's cool. Uh, who doesn't like Toy Story? I mean, and, and I know I'm probably going to get trolled for this like I am currently right now, so that's, uh, that's, you know, uh, uh, there you go, um, You know what, it, we'll just have to deal with this off air. Anyway, uh, again, if you don't like this show, you don't have to be here. No one's forcing you to be here. So there you go. Uh, and... Uh, there you go. Uh, There you go. Alright, so... Alright, where was I? Toy Story Land. I wonder what a Toy Story Land looks like, though. Would it just be Woody and Alan? Uh, not Woody and Alan. Would it, would it be Woody and Buzz just running around? Woody and Alan? Jeez. Hmm. Brain is like mashed potato today. There you go. Uh, so the Fantasia uh, Carousel uh, was created especially for the Shanghai Disneyland with Chinese artists uh, sculpting and painting 62 horses for the attraction. Uh, which, there you go. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. All by hand. That's also, that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a, 
uh, an impressive feat. Uh, you'll notice when you arrive that there's a lot of space at Shanghai Disney. There's paths uh, are wider uh, because Disney, uh, Chinese like to visit large in large family groups with everyone from grandparents to babies. There you go. As for rides, you won't find it's a small world or the world famous spinning teacups. Tron Light Cycle Power Run is the most popular ride at Shanghai Disneyland. There you go, Tron. Wow. Shanghai Disneyland pulling out the Tron. Uh, again, it's something you'll find here, although uh, it's been popular and they're building a Tron ride at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. So it's soon, it's going to be coming over there very soon, which again, Disney World in Orlando, Florida is, is where the party's at. Particularly Epcot. I love Epcot. And Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom is pretty cool uh, there as well. <sighs> oh boy. Everyone needs to cool out. Alright. Uh, it's one of the uh, fastest roller coasters at any Disney theme park, uh, while many of the riders are the same as the rest of the Disney parks around the world. New technologies have enabled uh, a rift of improvements. Uh, a lot has changed uh, since the newest Disneyland opened, that being Hong Kong in 2005. The Pirates of the Caribbean uh, battle for the sunken treasure like uh, no other pirates ride. It's immersive experiences as riders travel a uh, majestically propped boat while Captain Jack Sparrow and Debbie Jones battle it out on screens surrounding you. Even Disneyland favourites such as Peter Pan's Flight and Buzz's Lightyear Plan, I suppose this actually answers my question, Rescue have been supercharged with better technologies to make them more of a fantastic experience. Uh, live shows are also prominent at this Disneyland as well, of course. Uh, of course, as well. Because, you know, it wouldn't be Disney without the magic of a, uh, uh, of a live show. Though, there you go. Uh, and there's a little, there's a little audio here, uh, of, of this happening, hopefully. And we'll get a commercial, of course we will. Of course, because there's nothing's going right today. So, of course we're going to get an ad interrupting the Jonathan Live Show, because, fuck me, right? Uh, 70% of the food outlets are, uh, Chinese, 10% Western, with 20 being other Asian experiences War as well. is breaking out in mainland China after the newest Disneyland in Shanghai is stepping on some rich and powerful toes. Hi, I'm Chris Kohler from The Australian, and there is some serious trash talk going on between some of the biggest theme park operators in the world. And it could not come at a worse time for Disney, who recently reported much weaker than expected revenue figures for its theme park businesses and that helped the overall share price drop by almost 6% in one day. So what they really don't need is Chinese entertainment and theme park tycoon Wang Jianlin, who's worth more than 30 billion American dollars, saying that he's gonna drive the Shanghai Disneyland out of business. Direct quote from him. Disney should not have entered the mainland. We will make Disney's China venture unprofitable in 10 to 15 years. Shots fired. Uh So what did Disneyland say back? They said the comments were not worthy of a response. So game on. Next up, let's check in on some robot. All right, so there is, there is that. Uh... 
Alright, so there's there's Disney and that took a that took a left hand turn real quick. I had a lot more planned for this segment, but you know shouldn't let the trolls win, but sometimes you just have to. Sometimes you just have to, but there you go. Uh, Alright, as we continue, uh, and thank you uh, to uh, MBeam, who uh, uh, allowed that, I will we'll, 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 we'll talk. As we continue here on the Janic Live Show for a Sunday, well... We are, we're gonna take we're gonna take a holiday now. After all of that, we're gonna take a holiday because by golly, we need it. As we continue here on the Jack Live Show for a Sunday, it's ten fifty. to give you a big dose of genericness. This is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show, if you're still listening. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show. Uh, we just... Uh, we... I, I don't know what happened in that last segment. Things... Thing, it, it, this is the beauty of doing a live show. You never know what's right around the corner, and, you know... After 100 episodes, you still get surprised by some things that have happened, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about that in the after show. Uh, that we're going to we will kick it to the after show, and I'm 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 hoping uh, that you know we we can have a serious conversation. We we, we can unpack some things uh, in in the uh, in the post show, but that's for the post show. Uh, that's for the post show. That's for that's for a couple of minutes' time. Are you kidding me? Uh, quick programming note: there will not be a show next week in the regular time slot. Instead, we are doing uh, extra life. <laughs> extra life. That's twenty-four hours of Vegemite eating, which is very exciting. No, it's twenty-four hours of video game s- streaming to help with sick kids that need it the most. Uh, you find out more information at geek-io.net slash extra life uh, you can find out more information there you can you can donate and uh, do all the rest of it as well over there if you find it in your hearts it'll be tw- streamed live right here twitch.tv slash geek.io show as well uh, so I send a message because Alright, uh, yes, we need more generic, <laughs> we don't want more generic Vegemite, no, no more generic Vegemite, although Cheesy Mite might be the biggest, the, the best invention ever, Cheese and Vegemite, make buck off that, there you go, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's what, that's what happens. Alright, so, you know, and we had, we just, we, we did just have a bad segment, I'm, I'm willing to admit that, uh, we had, we had a bit of a disaster. 
but but how about how about we go on holiday? How does a holiday sound after the disaster uh, that was just there? Uh, we need to have a holiday. Uh, but for Australians, we're addicted to tropical islands. So whether it's whether it's going to Bali, Fiji, Phuket, uh, Ping Nang, uh, there's always a holiday location in our midst. But there, there, there are different styles of holidays. Uh, 24 hours of trolls being dipped in Vegemite. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Yes, M-Beam. Yes. I, I, all of the yes. I'm fully down with 24 hours. That's actually... That's why I'm being super secretive about the show next... Uh, the, the Derek Live Show thing we're doing. In extra life, we're actually just dipping trolls in in Vegemite, just straight into Vegemite. <laughs> anyway, so holiday island time, island time corner hour. Uh, so adventure. If you're up for adventure, you always go to the Arroz in Portugal. You always go there for adventure. Uh, you've got the tallest uh, Portugal's tallest mountain there as well. You can do volcanoes. You've got lakes, uh, and you fly uh, TAP or Arrows Airlines. Fly to airlines in uh, Lisbon and Porto. Uh, temperatures are mild all year round. Avoid rainy season, which is November to March. And excuse me, room rates start at 155 euros. The history island. If you like history, you go to go to Gotland in Sweden. Sweden, the largest island in the Baltic Sea. Uh, as well as a population of 57,000. You can skip the beaches and head straight to the town of Visby, where you'll find history like no other. And you can go to the Culture Island, Montreal, Canada, which is the island. Hmm. Uh, you, you can go there. Our population is about 1.7 million. Montreal is a historic centre and the place of a variety of museums, and, but the cities. Cultural credentials on the rest of extraordinary calendar of festivals uh, around a hundred a year. The Foodie Island, you can go to uh, Sicily in Italy. Uh, Population is around five million. Uh, every region in Italy has its own cuisine, but this place is truly remarkable. Weaving influences of many cultures that have uh, conquered the islands for years, from Greeks to North Africans to the French. Uh, if you like wine, you can go to Crocia in France. The Nature Island is Hokkaido in Japan. The Frozen Island is Greenland in Denmark, or the Frozen Ride at, uh, at Epcot. <laughs> go back there again. Uh, Easter Island is the Remote Island. And you can go to uh, five, and, and here's five more non-traditional islands to visit. San Juan Islands in the US. Belle Enmore in France is that. Solvesky Islands in Russia, Animal Island in Ireland, Chilo Island in Chile, but if you must go tropical, you can go to Africa, there's Indonesia, Panama, you can go to Australia. Of course, by the way, this article, of course, was going to end with Australia. Oh, you know, you can go to Australia. Trollamite, yes. You know what? We're going to kick it to the post show where we're going to be talking more about Trollamite, which you can find at uh, all good retailers 
uh, on Twitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> Twolamite. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, you can find this show. Uh, if you've got any feedback, please do hit us up. Genericliveshow at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash genericliveshow. Facebook.com slash show. Any pressing concerns, uh, queries, hit me up. I, I greatly appreciate the generic island of Twitch sailing off into the sunset. It's 11 o'clock. This has been a Geekio Media Network production. Copyright 2017.